0: you're listening to the ticker podcast from ir magazine a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations direct from our central london studio here's your host Glory havelock this week on the ticker podcast why moving to canada or australia might net you a better salary Welcome back to the Ticker Podcast, bringing you the best headlines of the week from around the world of investor relations. There are three of us in the studio today. I'm joined by Garnet Roach and Condice de Montpetit. Good morning. Ladies. Good morning, Laurie. Hello. Hello uh, to kick off this morning, then, I'm not sure if you two saw this story, um, but this week, a US pharmaceuticals company called Turing Pharmaceuticals bought the rights to a 62-year-old drug used to treat AIDS patients. You know, fairly normal story. Um, Turing then, however, increased the price of this drug from $13.50 to $750 a pill overnight, and its CEO, Martin Shkreli... Was Quickly made the focus for public outrage, understandably. Uh, though he defended himself in his decision to hike the price on TV and online, tweeting a lot and citing that uh, we need to turn a profit on the drug, uh, and that a price of $13.50 was detrimental to the company's success. But it took just a tweet from Hillary Clinton, she you know a leading Democratic presidential candidate, um, and the Nasdaq's biotech index dropped by five percent in about an hour. So Schrader is set to reverse this decision.
1: Well, I hope they have a good IR department.
0: Well, exactly, this That's exactly what I was going to say. How, how would you even begin to deal with that, your CEO boosting the price of a, of a really valuable track? It's
2: pretty hard to justify, really, isn't it? And it, it, you're never mm. going to get good press from that, I think.
0: No, and he, particularly he was on TV, you know, saying that it was his duty to to keep touring, making money, as I said before. I can't imagine, though, any of our uh, UK prime ministerial candidates swaying that kind of power with just a tweet, though.
2: No, go Hillary, though. Um, I also as well as, um, you know, enjoying her tweets. I quite like her merchandise. Her, um, her merchandise? Her this merchandise. This official Hillary merchandise? <laughs> it is. Her, um, her cross-stitch cushion. Uh, a
1: woman, what was it? A woman's places in the White House. That's yeah. very
0: good. I like that a lot.
1: Go women. There's also um, a Hillary Clinton uh, nutcracker, I think, that actually cracks nuts. Really? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you can buy from the <laughs>
2: Go Hillary, Team Hillary. Yes, best merchandise, definitely.
0: Well, no, I thought it. I thought it raised some interesting questions for what, what uh, you know, what a company's job should be, and what as an IRO you're trying to tell your constituents whether you're saying we are trying to make money off everything possible and we want to turn a profit, or you need to have an ear for saying something a bit more. I don't know. Anyway, in the end, it was actually announced this morning that uh, Touring are going to reverse the price hike, which is very good news for everyone. But uh, I, I thought it might have been the first first time I've heard of someone being pressured into a decision by. Hillary Clinton, at least, if not a presidential candidate, but we're going to move on to another corporate misplay this week uh, because Garnet has been finding out all about Volkswagen's dodgy emissions.
2: I have, um, and of course, the big story of the week is the diesel emission scandal at Volkswagen. So for anyone living under a rock, uh, VW has been deceiving US authorities for a number of years in exhaust emissions tests. But last Friday, the US Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, said that VW diesel cars had much higher emissions than tests had suggested and that software in several diesel cars could deceive regulators. The EPA found the so-called defeat device, which allowed VW cars to emit less during tests than they would normally while driving. And so this device was found in diesel cars including the Audi A3, the VW Jetta, the Beetle, Golf and Passat models. And so the scandal unravelled further since Friday and now looks set to be the biggest in the company's 78-year history.
0: Purely in terms of money, how much is that going to cost the company?
2: Well, VW was ordered to recall half a million cars in the US alone. And since owning up about it, the company's shares plummeted by more than a third in just two days. Though after dropping below €100 for the first time in four years this morning, the shares had rallied somewhat. But it's not just the share price that's in trouble. Countries from France to South Korea have announced investigations into the scandal. VW says it has set aside 6.5 billion euros to cover the scandal, but with the EPA alone saying that the fine for each vehicle would be up to thirty seven and a half thousand dollars it's estimated that the company could face up to $18 billion in fines.
0: And beyond that, of course, there's the damage it's done to the company's reputation and trust, I imagine.
2: Exactly. On Tuesday, CEO Martin Wintercorn issued a fresh apology for the test rigging, saying that he was endlessly sorry for the manipulation, which he says goes against everything the company stands for. He talks about winning back trust and gives his word that all this will be done with, quote, the greatest possible openness and transparency. But writing in the Financial Times Short View column yesterday, James McIntosh calls the VW scandal a wake-up call for box-ticking investors and reminds readers that the company is no stranger to corporate governance failures, having, quote, provided the most salacious example of German manufacturers' culture of bribery in the early 2000s, when it provided Viagra and prostitutes to union chiefs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. A hard one to top, obviously. Um, And he says, while the latest claims are less sensational, they are far more expensive.
0: Yeah, not a particularly good track record there. Um, What's happening now?
2: Well, going forward, the VW board is gathering for a crisis meeting today and is set to meet again on Friday. Then there are also various investigations ongoing, including multiple probes in the US and potential criminal charges. So this is not going to go away quickly. And while other car makers both in Europe and the US saw shares fall this week, Martin Leach, a consultant at Magma and a former head of Ford Europe, told the BBC that the problem is unlikely to emerge elsewhere. He says, quote, I don't think it will extend to other manufacturers. Volkswagen is really engaged to try to beat standards in the US. I would be surprised if it spreads outside the US, as Europe's testing standards were more advanced and therefore more difficult to cheat than the US. Going back to VW... We at IR magazine like to joke about transparency as an often overused IR buzzword. And Wintercorn himself used it twice in his most recent video apology. But it really will never be more important to those working to rebuild trust at the German car giant.
0: I guess you can be as transparent as you like, but as long as you're doing dodgy things, then, you know, it's going to be hard to repair your reputation no matter what.
2: Exactly. And as the BBC's Damien McGuinness puts it, it's as if the British suddenly found out that the Queen had a hand in fixing the horse races at Ascot.
0: national scandal exactly not that we haven't had enough of that this week already but we're going to steer very clear of talking about that on the ticker podcast
1: well will uh, vw now be on the blacklist of all these uh, esg investors
0: ah condice i, I sense the segue there uh, you've been uh, talking to someone at east capital who i believe have some strict guidelines about who they will and won't invest in is that right
1: Yes, I recently um, met up with Louise Hedberg. Uh, she's the head of corporate governance at East Capital. Uh, they invest in um, uh, emerging and frontier markets.
0: Oh, emerging and frontier So, So presumably uh, governance issues are particularly important uh, you know, in their investment zone, right? But how do they, how do they weed out the, the bad companies, as it were?
1: Well, indeed, the, the demands on companies in those regions um, aren't that high yet. So five years ago, her firm decided to formalize ESG screening for all of their funds, building on what she called their Nordic built-in sense of responsibility. So first of all, East Capital excludes tobacco, pornography, and weapons. And for other um, suitable industries, they rely mostly on international conventions such as the UN Global Compact, the ILO principles, or the OECD principles for screening. They focus mainly on consumer stories like food retail, food production, or real estate. She explains that what creates value is trying to understand um, how these ESG factors would impact a company, what costs money and what doesn't, where the risks are, and uh, where to ask more questions. For instance, health and safety in the mining industry is very important uh, regardless of regulation since any problem can quickly become extremely costly. She says, quote, there's no such thing as a non-financial issue because at some point in time it will impact your income statement.
0: And I guess the problem that comes with that is surely some emerging companies are improving more quickly than others in that area.
1: Yes, she cited Nigeria or Kenya that are joining the Sustainable Stock Market Initiative, or Hong Kong that has set up ESG disclosure rules, and China that has uh, ambitious climate targets which will force them to become the biggest investor in solar energy. She says these initiatives will, quote, push peer competition and help raise local reporting and transparency standards. She also says that some companies have been quicker than others to get the work started. For instance, companies that export to the EU have more incentive because of potential end-user consumer pressures than the local players where development will be slower.
0: That's interesting. She cites those examples. There are also those uh, exchanges which are starting to force their companies to report on ESG issues from the outset as well. Japanese Stock Exchange has that stewardship code in place to do the same.
1: Yes, in South Africa, that's actually the only country uh, where integrated reporting is uh, mandatory.
0: Yes, absolutely. So for IROs in emerging markets, what kind of tips might she have for them?
1: She says she usually has a hard time getting IROs to explain how ESG factors affect the bottom line. So uh, they should make sure they communicate about any issue that's relevant and material to the business. She also complained about companies that change their KPIs every year. That's kind of hard to follow. And also watch the timing. It's not very useful to put out a sustainability report six months after the annual report, for example. Finally, she said that she finds environmental issues are um, usually well understood by companies now and uh, that human rights topics will be the next big thing uh, for a company to start communicating on. Yeah, didn't Unilever recently um, publish its first human rights report?
0: It must have been recently. Yeah, yeah, I remember something along those lines.
2: Yes, and perhaps they're going to be, they're quite often leaders in this area, so perhaps they're setting the new trend.
0: I think the problem which uh, Louise touches on is that, you know, there are no there are very few uniform ways of reporting on those on those issues and although companies can you know like Unilever go out of the way to produce a you know, human rights report which no one else has really done and needs an interesting look at how their business works it's, it must be hard for an investor like East Capital to assess companies it sounds like they, they look at companies very in-depth and sure would be easier if they could have a, a similar report or a similar KPI from everyone
1: Yes, and actually Louise was um, pretty optimistic. She said that there were more and more um, standards for human rights. There's a a UN one and um, more of them are, are getting developed.
0: On from human rights to uh, the very specific rights of a couple of IROs, I've been busy looking at the latest slew of data about pay and careers uh, in time for the IR Magazine Global Investor Relations Practice Report in 2015, which, if you're unfamiliar with in uh, in previous years, detailed IR budgets, salaries, uh, meetings, trends, travel schedules, and the like all around the world. Um, Full details about the report will be forthcoming. Uh, But it's also been interesting this week to see data from both the Canadian and Australian IR societies about what IROs are paid always of interest to us uh, first in Australia and New Zealand IRA uh, they say that the median pay for Iros this year has increased by about 20 percent over the past year uh, the association says this is largely because requirements for the job have become tougher particularly in light of stricter continuous disclosure requirements for companies on the Australian Securities Exchange the range of median remuneration uh, rose by about 50,000 Australian dollars, which is about 35 grand in US dollars, uh, to reach somewhere between 275 and 325,000 Australian dollars for those surveyed. And cash bonuses also increased to equal between 21 and 30 percent of their salary, which is up from between 11 and 21 percent of their salary last year. In Canada, meanwhile, respondents to Siri's survey said that they earned about 188 and a half thousand dollars every year in total cash compensation. More than a third of respondents earned at least 225 grand, up from 24% of them in 2011, and 19% earned more than $300,000 a year, which is also up from 15% in 2011. Those are all in uh, US dollars, those figures, by the way, to keep it simple.
2: Did they offer any explanations for the increases?
0: Well, yeah, well, like I mentioned, both associations are in agreement that these rises are down to the growing importance of Nairo's job. Good to know. Um, and particularly the heightened responsibilities that often come with the title. IRA's chief executive, who's Ian Mattison, he said that this study indicates that the investor relations function is expanding and is regarded as having greater importance. Quote, that's because more companies are hiring IROs to provide expert assistance thanks to new regulatory requirements and changes in the investment community. Skills requirements ratchet higher all the time. as an Australian phrase I've ever heard one. Um, and from IRA's point of view, this puts more emphasis on education too. Um, Yvette Locker, who's a series president and CEO, um, adds that an increasing number of IROs in the Canadian survey are directly informing their CEO's decisions, or at least those made by the board. Uh, 82% of the Siri respondents said that they counselled management in the past year um, and they are sharing the intelligence they gather, she says, quote, whether it be perspectives from institutional investors, insights on trading activity or industry of information with their management teams and boards, which is being used to inform strategic decisions for the entire organisation. Anyway, it'll be interesting to compare these findings to those that come out of the Global Practice Report ones, um, which will be dropping at some point in the fourth quarter of this year, basically as soon as I write it. At any rate, you will always know how much better off IROs in different countries are, so you know where to move at the drop of a hat. Um, as always, keep an eye out for any updates at IRmagazine.com. Be completely up to date by following our Twitter account, which is at IRmagazine, and send in any of your thoughts, criticisms, or tips to editorial at IRmagazine.com. But I will say thank you to Condice and Garnet for thank you thank you joining much. us this week. We will see you at the same time next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.